the more stressed you are, if you're already intermittent fasting and now we're adding on life stressors, well, guess what happens? Your metabolism is gonna slow down even more. Girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you are meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. So have you hit that weight loss plateau? Have has it felt like what you've been doing stop working? I think this is one of the biggest problems that I faced as a woman, let alone as a doctor trying to help patients through this and checking hormones and dialing everything in. That's why I wrote the hormone fix. It takes more than hormones to fix your hormones, right? It does. It takes more than hormones to fix your hormones. So a colleague of mine, Dr. Bindia Gandhi, has been working in this area too, in the area of insulin resistance and leptin resistance and helping her patients through. So I'm going to bring her on in a, in a few minutes to teach some of these principles and really to understand what's happening because there can be so much blame, shame, around, blame and shame around weight gain, especially in perimenopause and menopause. It's hard to know when we're doing too much of the of right thing. And, you know, a little sneak peek into coming out April 12 is menu pause and menu pause has five, six day plans to break the weight loss plateau. So that will be coming out and really kind of incorporating some of these concepts. We've been doing keto grain and extended fasting for a while and yet we hit a plateau. What do we do next? Or we have some food sensitivities. How is that affecting us? And so changing things up is truly, is truly beneficial. Starting out this year with this information and this empowerment and um, on top of all the stress that we've been exposed to through the pandemic and um, conversations around virus and vaccine and, you know, and economy and leadership and the list goes on. We're increasing cortisol, we're increasing stress which creates problems with our metabolism. It just does. It does, it creates inflammation and we've been dealing with it long enough. And I am really here to support you with this journey, right? With creating the balance, empowering oxytocin in our life, being at a happy, healthy weight for us, right? For this time, this day in our life that we can lead as and appreciate where we're at today and know what is the one next right step we need to do tomorrow. I had a, um, it reminds me of my colleague at Emory University, uh, one of my attending, attending physicians. So he was in his 80s, 82 years old, Dr. Richard Cunningham. And he was a co-author to one of the very famous surgical books that we use as OBGYNs. And he taught at Emory University. And he would say, 
if I'm doing the same thing tomorrow that I'm doing today, it's because I was too lazy or stupid overnight to learn a better way. And he was in his 80s doing surgery again and again. You would think the same procedure, but each time, how can I make it a little bit better? How can I do this a little bit better? And I really embrace that philosophy is that we live a life of constant learning and education and appreciation. What can we do today that will bring us a better tomorrow? What can, what have I learned from my experiences today that will help me live a better tomorrow? So that's where I want to lead this season of the Girlfriend Doctor Show and lead this community, this Girlfriend Doctor community, you male, female, young, old, wherever you're at, that we are accountable together and we're learning from each other. And, um, and that's why I really do love, I love the community and the accountability and also certainly my Girlfriend Doctor Club, where we're able to ask questions and interact and often someone asks a question that you needed to hear the answer to. One of the questions I get all the time is about these, these plateaus. So join me in welcoming Dr. Bindia Gandhi into this episode of the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. I'm excited to talk about leptin resistance with Dr. Bendia here today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. So what made you interested in leptin resistance? Let's, let's first make some definitions here. Why do people want to know about this? So you know what? Leptin is such an untalked hormone, but it's so important that everybody needs to be aware of it. It's a newer hormone, but it has such an important role that really um, plays a big part into your metabolism. And so that's why I'm really passionate about educating people about this special hormone. Um, it's produced in your fat cells and it actually communicates with your hypothalamus or part of your brain that regulates your metabolism. So leptin's job is to tell your brain whether or not you have enough fat stored um, to fuel your body as for calories at a normal rate. And so in other words, it kind of lets us know if you're properly satiated or full, or if you can eat, if you need to eat some more or eat until you're hungry again, right? So it's really important to kind of pay attention to some of these cues because when these mis when there's miscommunication or the cues are off, it can cause a lot of havoc to your metabolism. Um, and when leptin levels circulate at a higher level than they should, then this is why you're prone to food cravings and gaining weight and sleep disturbances and anxiety and so much more. <laughs> so much, so much. And in, in my book that came, my second best-selling book that came out, Keto Green 16, I talk about 16 weight control hormones. One of the biggest is, of course, with leptin. And the leptin ghrelin tug of war on our physiology, and especially how when we start intermittent fasting and fasting, this war becomes even more pronounced. So, and, and I love your discussion about leptin. It is that sense of, okay, I feel full, I'm happy. You know, I'm like when we're leptin sensitive, we're gonna feel that fullness, that sense of satiety, like mm -hmm. very early on, we're in touch with our senses, right? We're in touch with this is enough, right? But ghrelin, on the other hand, our hunger hormone is like that angry gremlin. And it mm -hmm. is, you know, out there to like defeat and just 
scavenge and ravage anything. Ravage. (laughs) Yeah. Anything in its, um, in its path. So, so we have that, especially as I work with women in the, the keto green lifestyle and working, working in this way with increasing intermittent fasting, that initial, you know, that hunger, um, that ghrelin is, um, it's really, it really plays in. And so I want to talk about the ghrelin leptin connection. Also, for people to understand what that feels like, sometimes we're taught as men, you know, menopausal women or as women in general that three meals, three snacks. So your body's now conditioned to this, you know, food and glucose and becomes, you know, we add in there the you know, constant insulin outpouring. So insulin resistant that goes mm-hmm. hand mm-hmm. in hand into the cycle. So, so let's, let's talk about that and why it's so hard for, um, for the, the healthful habit of, of intermittent fasting. And, and then we'll also touch on everyone where we can be doing too much fasting and what, um, yes, what consequence that will have to. So we'll hit on that. But let's talk about the leptin ghrelin kind of connection. And when it comes to real life example, like with snacking, yeah, snacking is something hard to let go of. Yeah, you know, we've been, I don't know, brainwashed told over many years, maybe since we've been kids, um, you know, that we need to snack in between meals, and we need to make sure that we're eating, uh, we need to be eating every few hours to keep our metabolism going. Unfortunately, what that does when we do that is it starts um, increasing insulin levels and increasing blood sugar levels. And over time, over time, we're actually disrupting our gut, we're disrupting our microbiome, and it's not doing us any service, right? We need to have a minimum of about four to six hours between meals. Um, and for some time, for some people that can actually be hard, but this is really important, especially if you're someone that is leptin resistant or having someone that has um, a leptin hormone that is, is a little bit off. We need to reset your metabolism. We need to reset the communication with your brain that's allowing you to reset your metabolism in a way that is going to work for you. And this is probably one of the number one problems that women tend, not just women, but people tend to do is they tend to overeat and they need to snack in between. Not only is it additional calories your body doesn't need, but it's behavioral patterns. It's all these things that kind of need to be adjusted and in order to reset your metabolism. When we talk about leptin, you know, some people don't even know what leptin is, or some people are confused about leptin and, and ghrelin, but, but when it comes to leptin specifically, I have something on my website called a leptin quiz. You can go to www.drbindiamd.com forward slash quiz, and you can kind of see, are you leptin sensitive? Are you leptin clear? Or do you have leptin resistance? It's the 11 questionnaire, 11 questions that you kind of go through to kind of understand, you know, um, Am I someone that's snacking too much? Am I someone that's craving a lot of sugary foods? Am I someone that is um, prone to insulin resistance? Am I someone that's prone to high blood pressure or have something called high triglycerides? So it's a little 11 questionnaire that you do to kind of understand, you know, could I be leptin sensitive? Could I have leptin resistance? Because it's really important to understand, number one, could leptin be impacting you? Because it doesn't impact everybody the same, right? There are people that actually have low leptin levels and there are people that actually have higher leptin levels. But it's important to kind of identify who you are, where you are in the scheme, a big grand scheme of thing, and more importantly, understand how this is impacting your overall metabolism, especially when we're talking about 
trying to lose weight or having weight loss resistance or hitting a weight loss plateau that often happens sometimes over time of many years dieting and changing up some things. So let's talk about that because like this weight loss plateau that we can hit, it's, um, it's significant. It's mm -hmm. significant. It happens pretty much to every single person. Yes, and it does. <laughs> one of the, you know, things that in our keto green community online and in our girlfriend doctor community, it's changing things up to break through the plateau. And we get so stuck with doing the same things over and over again. So I just want, before we talk, we'll, we'll go into busting through the plateau in a minute, because that's that's so, I mean, that's just so critically yeah, of fun to talk about, but let's just say, okay, how does someone, how has someone become insulin resistant? And um, that ties into our, you know, a, a decreased caloric need, right? Yeah. A, a, but yet you're craving more, but you need less. So that yeah. metabolic imbalance that's happening um, we're talking, you know, it can sound really technical, but when we break it down to really practical lifestyle and, and how, how did this happen, first of all, and, um, and what are the steps to break through? So, so great. So great. So one thing that I will say is um, what tends to happen is after many, many years, it didn't happen overnight, guys, but after many, many years of um, yo-yo dieting, and I'm talking about doing, you know, Atkins, I'm talking about doing this diet or that diet and kind of over time that creates chaos in the brain, right? All those diets really over time have really, um, really messed up your metabolism, essentially. Anytime you have rapid, fast weight gain, that can mess up your metabolism. Anytime you have rapid, fast weight loss, that can also mess, mess up your metabolism. So what ends up happening is when you start restricting your calories, most likely that's what a diet is, right? Is you start restricting your calories of some sort in some way. What ends up happening is your body and your brain is getting the memo that you don't need to eat the same amount of calories to produce the same amount of energy in a day. And when that happens, sometimes your body will go into starvation mode. And when you go into starvation mode, what'll happen is your body is gonna hold on to all the calories that you're eating. So you may be eating the same things that you ate six months ago when you first started doing um, a diet plan or um, making some changes, but your body's gonna hold on to that weight because now you have to understand, not only have you lost weight, and when you lose weight, you require less calories um, to metabolize the same amount of daily function, your body now thinks you're starving. So it makes it even challenging, guys. So it, it is like a catch-22. It's like, um, you want me to eat less, um, so I can lose weight, but now I'm eating less and I'm not losing a single ounce. Exactly. It can, it can totally make it challenging. So, so like in your experience in working with patients, cause you see patients on a regular basis and you trained at a, at a standard a medical school. And now you're looking at, okay, well, in order to help my patients, I've really got to talk about leptin. I've got to talk about this. So give us an example of a patient who comes in to you typically and what the strategy is for helping her through, through the leptin resistance, through breaking the plateau. 
Yeah. So majority of my patients have probably tried every diet in the book. They've tried intermittent fasting. It worked for a little bit. They've tried this plan. They've tried that plan, but they've hit a plateau and they've hit a point where they're like, oh my God, I've tried everything. It's not working. Like what's going on? So it's the inability to lose weight, no matter what they've tried. That is such a big key. Um, and then sometimes it's even like I've lost weight, but now I'm getting it back. It's that weight regain, which is a problem. It's people that are constantly craving foods after a meal. They just, they're like, Dr. B, I, I don't know why I need to eat something. I just need to eat something. It's that messaging is off, right? The constant fatigue, they're sluggish. They have low energy, um, worsening of their thyroid symptoms. These are typically most of the common symptoms that I see with these patients. One of the first things that I do after talking to them and learning more about them is checking their leptin levels. So I am a big data girl, guys. Like I want to know what your leptin levels is so I can track it. So I can see, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? How does that impact your thyroid hormone? Because that there's a communication that happens between leptin and thyroid. I'm tracking it to see how that's impacting your blood sugars, your insulin levels. So we're, we're doing a lot of lab work, but ultimately what we're doing with these patients is resetting their metabolism in various forms, right? One of the first things that I actually have my patients do, and you guys are going to think I'm crazy for saying this, but I actually have them eat. They, most of these people have, have been in a starvation state for so many months or so many years that their body needs to be tricked. Their body needs to be reset. So we're actually eating more. And eating more sometimes actually causes that weight loss that many people are unaware of, right? So sometimes for some groups of people, we're saying, we need you to eat healthier amounts of carbohydrates. That helps, right? Or for some other group of people, we're, we're just kind of increasing their caloric calories. So it depends on where they are, what, what protocols they've been on. Um, but having them actually eat three meals a day, standard three meals a day, however, spaced apart, straight spaced four to six hours apart, it's actually resetting their metabolism and they end up losing a little bit of weight. So that's just like one of the things that we do, but we're doing some other things. A lot of it is personalized to kind of, okay, what's really causing this imbalance between your um, thyroid and your leptin? What's causing the imbalance between your blood sugars and your leptin hormone? And kind of looking at the whole picture. Well, how is thyroid and our sex hormones related to leptin resistance or septin? sensitivity? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So important question. So first of all, when we talk about our thyroid, um, most people, if you are leptin resistant, you've probably been at a starvation state or yo-yo dieting or some sort of, some sort of problem over the years. What I tend to see is the problem happening between T4 to T3 conversion. That conversion is not happening. So you end up having a higher reverse T3 and you have a lower T, a lower T3 and a lower total T3 because that conversion is not happening, your body thinks you're starving. So your thyroid metabolism now starts slowing down. This is such a big problem because you can have subclinical thyroid issues. Your hair could be falling out. You could be fatigued. You can just be feeling overall crappy, but your TSH is normal. So it's, you know, standard test makes you feel like, oh, can't be your thyroid, right? But that's really important. When it comes to your sex hormones for a lot of females, 
Well, one second, because I want to just emphasize. So typically when we go to a doctor, yes, we want our thyroid to be checked and, and the, we only check the TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, which is an up level. How hard does the hypothalamus have to work, work. to stimulate the thyroid glands production of, of our thyroid hormone? So we have T4 and T3, the four stands for four iodine molecules. Why iodine is really important. Iodine is blocked by chlorine. So mm-hmm. when we get a chlorine pool, chlorinated waters, it's blocked by bromine, which yep. is substituted for iodine in foods because it was cheaper. And, um, and so like re, uh, you know, iodine is really important for pretty much every hormone receptor site and T3 and activated form. So when we look in functional medicine, we look at free T4, free T3, you know, thyroid stimulating hormone, reverse T3 and thyroid antibodies, especially if we're considering iodine supplementation. So that's really important. We kind of look at the thyroid hormones and the thyroid gland as the thermostat, right? As the thermostat to our metabolism, like how how well are we actually, you know, responding to the caloric needs of our body? Like how how um, you know how can we optimize that so we're we're able to eat and enjoy our food and choices, and yet have. Um, you know, lose the weight that we need or not gain weight. Not gain weight, yeah. Mm-hmm. And as we get older, leptin resistance is it becomes more of an issue. It's it's it all tied into the the you know all of the hormones in our body as our sex hormones, our reproductive hormones, our anabolic hormones, our steroid mm-hmm. hormones, essentially, mm-hmm. as they start to decrease, these hormones of um, uh, that were designed to help us in times of starvation um, increase, right? These functions increase. And it was really designed for our survival. So I think this is like so empowering. I'll share with you, Bindia, that I had a a journalist interview me on polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. And um, she was asking questions about polycystic ovarian syndrome. I didn't know her story at the time of our very interview starting. And she said, you know, uh, Dr. Anna, you know, after talking to me for a little bit, she goes, Dr. Anna, I'm really asking these questions for me because I've struggled with increased muscle mass, being Mm -hmm. very bulky and having, you know, not having an hourglass feminine uh, figure Figure. Mm -hmm. and this polycystic ovarian syndrome, which she just associated with fat genes and acne genes and all this stuff. And I was there to say, you know, you are Amazonian, you are Pocahontas, you are designed and and just brilliantly designed to lead, you know, lead masses, right? To be a leader, to be on the forefront, to continue without exhaustion for long periods of time, right? To have that endurance, you have those survivor genes. And it's really, it's really a beautiful gifting in the seasons that we would need that in, which you know, sadly, we don't need it anymore. But now we have to optimize our lifestyle right. to help with the epigenetics, right? The the genetics that we have. And um, one thing I'll never forget, because she's like, Dr. Anna, no one's ever shared that with me before. I used to feel so self-conscious. You, you know, this is just so empowering to know that I have these you know, Amazonian genes, uh, what I like to call them, are these Wonder Woman genes or Pocahontas genes or, you know, you get an image mm-hmm. that way, mm-hmm. right? Like Wonder Woman. I mean, th- that's by design. And if we're not living by that design, 
you know, and that's our genetic profile, what that looks like. It looks like, you know, fat genes. It looks like diabetes genes. It looks like, you know, so we need to reframe it. So we're not like, oh my gosh, you know, everything I do, um, you know, hitting up against a wall. I mean, I, my friends can eat A, B, and C and, you know, she's 60 and still as slim as she was in her twenties. And yet, you know, I'm gaining weight without doing anything different type thing. And we just had um, a beautiful discussion. I just had on the girlfriend doctor show, Dr. David Perlmutter, and we were talking Mm -hmm. about his new book, drop acid and the importance of uric acid. So I just want to shout out to that episode of the girlfriend doctor too, so that you guys can go back and listen to the girlfriend doctor show, because that uric acid piece is, is another huge piece of, of this weight loss resistance and weight gain, inflammation, and a metabolic disease. And we talked a bit about our survivor types mm-hmm. and, and how to honor that. So I think it is important to look at, okay, our hormones are tied in. Now, you know, there's a lot of push on fasting, extended fasting, and I'm a big intermittent faster. Again, by design, that works really, really well. But too much, too long is pushing us mm-hmm. into the reflex. Hey, I've got to you know, I've got to put everything, store everything as fat again, because Mm -hmm. you're going to be in these starvation cycles. Exactly. This is something I really, I love your expertise in this area. And I love this, this discussion because, um, there's that balance, right? That we've, we, there's like, I will say life is about, you know, you know, having 10 balls in the air, juggling, juggling what you can catching a couple at a time. So like, so let's talk about the balance with um, this, what's happening with this extended fasting. And I, I've done it I've five days, seven days. I've done as much as a three day dry fast and, and um, regularly intermittent fasting with one meals a day. But I also really strongly believe in the feasting, inter- integrating feasting at least 10% of, 10% of the time into our, into our weekly schedule. And, um, and so digging into what is happening with extended fasting, that when we go back to eating the way that was uh, helping us lose weight, we're hitting a plateau or worse, gaining weight. What's happening there? So remember, kind of like I mentioned earlier, you know, when you're in that, when you've been doing extended fasting or any sort of extended diet for a long time, your body it feels like you're in calorie deprivation and your body starts thinking you're in starvation mode. So it starts holding on to every single ounce of fat, every single calorie. Um, and extended periods of times, this is where this causes a lot of trouble, right? And this is where it causes a lot of problems. What we are trying to do is reset that co- communication with our brain. And so it really is counterintuitive, but this is why I, I mentioned earlier, we actually want to eat. We actually want to force ourselves to get a little bit more calories, get a little bit more protein, get a little bit more healthy carbohydrates. So we actually feed ourselves and our body doesn't think we're starving anymore. When our body doesn't think we're starving, it's going to kick, kick up that metabolism for you, right? It's going to be like, oh, I can burn a little bit more energy. I can feel, I, I, I feel I'm full, I'm satiated, I'm good. I can move a little bit more and I can burn more calories. You're not storing anything there. That's what's been happening when, when it feels like you're starving. This is often one of the hardest things for women and some people to do is actually eat more because they're trained like, oh my God, in order for me to lose weight, I need to starve. 
but you've been starving for so long that your metabolism and your brain and your mis there's so much miscommunication happening that you actually need to force yourself to eat a little bit more. And when you do that, your body's feeling energized, your body's feeling full, you have more stamina, you have more endurance, you're not depleted. Um, things actually are much better, but it's kind of like you mentioned that cycle of when is it appropriate to eat a little bit more? When is it appropriate to fast? How do you do it in a very strategic way that you can actually get your metabolism working in your favor? So let's give an example in the, the a day in the life of someone you're working with the recommendations to get them through a plateau. Say, for example, you have a um, 49-year-old woman who is um, raising three teenagers at this point. I'm trying to think of a client in our girlfriend doctor club yeah. right now. I have a visual of her. So 49 years old, raising three teenagers right now, uh, you know, right at the getting into the season of graduation and very busy in life, plus working full time. And um, she was doing really, you know, really well feeling more energetic, but with perimenopause symptoms mm -hmm. coming mm -hmm. in, waking without doing anything different, some inflammatory um, risk factors, and also a family history of breast cancer she's concerned about. So she comes to your door and she says, Dr. Vendia, I need your help. Help me. Yeah. So, you know, great, great patient. So probably very typical of, of who I'm seeing in my practice. And one of the things that I will do is definitely start off by checking all the hormones. Hormones are so important to kind of understand. She's perimenopause, understand where her hormones are, what they're doing, how they're communicating with each other, how they're working with each other. But as a protocol goes, understanding, you know, what is her diet? What has she been doing? Has she been intermittent fasting for extended period of time? Did it work for her? Was it great when it when it worked for her, when did she hit that plateau? Did she hit that plateau really early on? Or did she just hit this plateau like six months in? You know, that all that stuff is really important to kind of be aware of. The one thing that you mentioned that I think is even key is the, that stress piece. So the fact that you're already perimenopausal, now you've got three kids, you're dealing with graduation, maybe you're dealing with life, a divorce, holidays, whatever whatever life could be throwing at you during that time. It's important to understand that stress piece because remember, like we mentioned earlier, the more stressed you are, if you're already intermittent fasting and now we're adding on life stressors, well, guess what happens? Your metabolism is going to slow down even more right? Your, that communication T4 is not going to commute, uh, not going to convert to T3. Your thyroid metabolism is definitely going to slow down some more. So there's so many different things that we need to address that are happening. If you're in an inflammatory state, is it because of your diet or is it because there's some underlying things going on? Like maybe you have some underlying gut issues. Maybe there's some underlying, um, genetic issues that we kind of need to pay attention to that could be manifesting again, Chronic stress causes bad things. It can be the precursor to cancer. It can be the precursor to heart disease. It can be the precursor to so many different things. So understanding, is it an autoimmune issue that's starting to develop? But understanding more importantly, how this all communicates with, with each other and how they all play a role. So one of the first things that I would tell her to do is say, hey, we actually need to stop intermittent fasting if you've been doing intermittent fasting and take it down a step. Because if you're used to doing 36 hour fast and you're doing this, you know, every two weeks, probably not a good idea when you're chronically stressed, when you have a lot of other stuff going on. Let's take that down to maybe 
a 12 hour fast, which is very doable, very appropriate, giving your body enough time to rest the, um, to give your body time to kind of rest your microbiome as well as um, reset your insulin production. But more importantly, just enough time to just reset where when you start eating, your metabolism works for you. The other thing that most people are not aware of is we kind of mentioned this earlier, snacking, you know, avoiding the snacks, but people are tend to eat a lot more sugar, carbs, and fruit. Fruit is probably the healthiest, but fruit really negatively impacts leptin. And so we want to make sure that we're reducing our fruit consumption or we're cutting out fruit consistently. Fruit really metabolizes in the liver, it, especially we're talking about fructose or fruit sugars. And so that is exactly where your thyroid is converting from T4 to T3, right? So there's so many different things. This is where you, your leptin is being metabolized. And so when we're eating things like fruit throughout the day, guess what happens? We're congesting our liver, slowing things down a little bit and actually slowing down our metabolism. So by having someone limit or cut down their fruit, if they've been, if they've been eating a lot more fruit, especially because if they're um, trying to eat healthier, We've got to cut that out. So a lot of different right. things. Remember, fruit also impacts your insulin levels. But stress management is a huge, big piece that we work on because we've got to manage the stress, making sure you're getting good quality sleep. If you're not getting good quality sleep, maybe you were adding a little bit of progesterone because now your progesterone is low to kind of ensure that you're getting really good quality sleep because sleep impacts um, your cortisol production as well as so much more. <laughs> so it's like so, much, right? so many things that, that we're doing, kind of resetting from a very holistic view um, to kind of understand what kind of exercise is she doing? Because if she's someone like some of my patients, they're over-exercising, that, that's, that's causing stress on their body and that will cause leptin resistance. So understanding maybe if you've been doing hit seven days a week, we're not doing that anymore. Maybe we're going to light walking instead. So it's like a, it's kind of understanding where are the stressors coming because changing it up, right? We yeah. just got to stop doing what we're doing. That's not working anymore. And exactly. It up. And I think that's a really good refreshing perspective plus emphasizing the, the sleep. Of course, we can't say enough about that. And where, you know, fructose is sugar and, and, um, looking at those healthy options versus not healthy options and eliminating those, especially if we're not getting where we need to go, because that will cause leptin resistance too. So I think in looking at this, what about supplementation? So we're going to buy, we're going to manage her, her lifestyle, change things up, work with a um, her nutrition plan and um, hormones, balancing out hormones. And you guys have done some great talks on hormones and hormone testing. Certainly my entire magic menopause program has a segment on testing, understanding your optimal ranges, mm -hmm. not just what's normal. And that's really important. So highly recommend, of course, that, that program for you guys, if you haven't listened in to magic menopause, you definitely want to do that and test don't guess, right? That is yes, a test don't guess. message. Yes. And it's in alignment here. So, so that's really important. We're going to optimize some of these numbers. And then there's the supplementation because the leptin resistance, like we want to overcome the plateau faster, right? And so mm -hmm. supplements can really help. What are some of your favorites? Indeed. 
Oh my goodness. I love supplements. (laughs) I really do. And I think supplements are so important because there's so many different things going on in the body and we kind of have to address a little bit of everything, you know? So like while you're having leptin resistance and your hormones are off, you know, I still want to make sure your gut's working like it Mm -hmm. should. So I will say, you know, first and foremost, you want to make sure you're taking a probiotic. You want to make sure your gut's healthy. Um, you want to make sure you're doing, you're, you're really supporting with taking a pre and probiotic, maybe a digestive enzyme if you need it. But then there are some tons of other stuff that I like too. If you, if, if we're really thinking that you have like poor detoxification stuff, we need to address that. We need to kind of support your liver. We need to support your liver with NAC. We need to support your liver with um, a lot of things that could be impacting that, like having them take alpha lipoic acids and glutathione. I love that for your liver because it's really important that we're supporting that. But when we're talking about leptin resistance, I want to make sure specifically we're supporting your blood sugars and we're supporting inflammation, right? So inflammation that could be coming from the gut, inflammation that could be coming from what we call dysbiosis or things like that going on. So berberine is really one of my favorite really supplements to, to include because it really controls your blood sugar and it really can um, really controls, you know, some gut um, microbiome imbalance that could be going on there. Really, really important. Um, glutamine is another one. That's one of my favorite because it really supports the gut, but it really also supports muscle mass. So kind of taking, just kind of incorporating some of these support um, supplements to really help reset your metabolism can really do some of these things. Kind of like you mentioned before, people are so used to taking like 20, 30 supplements. Um, Sometimes you need to switch that up (laughs) to make, to get the right dosage or just to find the right combination that works for you at the time that you need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And berberine keeps popping up, right? It's been on my shelf for a while and I've recommended it certainly, especially with insulin resistance. Yes, PCOS. mm -hmm, And PCOS, leptin resistance kind of falls in right there. And so berberine is is one of these um, supplements that can be just tremendously helpful. I'm trying to remember what foods is berberine in? You know, that's a good question. I don't even know. Oh my gosh, look it up real quick. Um, But yeah, berberine foods. And then there's um, different forms of berberine. So let's see here, several plants, including golden seal, barberry, Oregon grape, and tree turmeric. Um, That's been, uh, those are some things that contain berberine. It's a natural isoquinolone alkaloid found in a wide variety of herbs, including golden seal, barberry, gold thread, Oregon grape, and tree turmeric. So hmm, those are interesting, that part of your usual routine, but definitely um, definitely something that is coming up more and more in the research to help with insulin resistance and leptin resistance. And I think that's pretty cool. So it seems like supplementation is a is a good, uh, is, is probably a good way to get our berberine in. Yes. Yes, for sure. I definitely think so. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. And, um, what is, what is one thing that I'll ask your girlfriend, doctor question, as we close here, I'll have you share where, where people can find you. And, but one thing I want to know that I like to ask my guests is what is one habit that you do on a daily basis? If you can't do anything else, or if you miss it, you're like, oh, I missed, 
I miss this. Some habit or or choice you make on a daily basis that just transforms the quality of your life? Honestly, that is such an easy one um, and a very powerful super one. Um, honestly, having a gratitude practice of some sort. So maybe that means you're just saying a few words of gratitude. You're looking at your partner and saying some words of gratitude towards them, saying some some words of gratitude towards your kids, your patients, people around you, journaling, just but having a gratitude practice of some sort, praying and forming, turning that into a gratitude practice, so important and so, so vital. It, I think that's been really transformative. Like I can meditate as a busy mom these days. I don't always have time to meditate like I would like to, but I won't, I, I won't start the day without having some sort of gratitude and having that reflection and that time to just be, you know what? I'm grateful for another day. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful for the simple things that we have. So important. Yeah, no, I, I am with you. And I think as a busy mom, right? And and I see that is it's that practice, especially as busy as we are. Okay, we can have that formal meditation, but just being present with yes. our children. Yes. Being really present and really clear. I mean, that is that is a form of meditation. And uh, remembering that, because we always want to do more, right? And, and I have heard a beautiful expression. It's not about human doing. It's about human being. Yes. And yes. being present with our children. Because mom's in medicine, right? You're wearing the hat of a physician as a mom, as a mm -hmm. life partner, right? And you are, you're, have these many, these many hats plus you have your patients that you like are just driven to help. And what I yes. love about your work, you're just driven to help them. Having healthy boundaries is healthy for you so that you'll be able to continue to, to give more. So have, this comes from a, a very humble, a humble uh, experience of being completely burnt out in a profession that I completely love. And so, so I send that out to everyone who's listening to, for Dr. Bindia here, who's just so mission driven and so amazing. And she's all over social media and her, her podcast, her shows, her YouTube, all of that is amazing. Her Instagram, I think is where we first came across each other and just in, in being a big contributor to community. And for all of you that are listening, right? You're wearing many hats on a regular daily basis. And so that, that self-care and the gratitude and just focusing on what you do love about yourself. And I think that's so important, focusing on what you do love about yourself. So we are coming from overflowing to those that are so precious around us. And a reminder that it is about human being, not human doing. Yes. Couldn't thank agree you. with you more. Thank so you well so much said. for being on the show today. Tell our audience where to find you. We'll put all the links below to you. Awesome. Well, you can definitely find me at Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Bindia MD. That's D-R-B-I-N-D-I-Y-A-M-D. Um, my website is drbindiamd.com. Um, keep pretty much everything standard. You, like I said, you can definitely take my free leptin quiz, which is at drbindiamd.com forward slash quiz to kind of see like, are you leptin sensitive, leptin resistance or leptin clear? Um, but more importantly, follow me, interact with me, send me a message, say hi and I'll say hi back. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here today. Of course. Thanks for having me. There's really not enough times that we can talk about gratitude practice. And um, 
and balancing our lives and focusing on self-care and getting a good night's sleep and how this all can affect our weight loss and our weight loss resistance. This new year, we're making resolutions. We're doing our uh, detoxing. If you guys have been part of my Keto Green community, Keto Green 16 challenge that we're doing, we're, we're on board with you. I'm on board with you and I'm helping you every step of the way. And as we, you know, get ready for, as I get ready for April 12th with menu pause coming out, creating community around busting through some of those plateaus with different methods, right? Different methods. What is it that we need to do to break through? I love this conversation with Dr. Bindiya Gandhi because, you know, the addressing clinical medicine has been to treat the symptom, treat the problem versus address the underlying reason for this, the problem. And she's digging into it. Leptin resistance is, you know, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, I still like, what does leptin mean? I mean, you know, it, it is this sense of, okay, we were designed to feel nourished. And one of the four pillars in the girlfriend doctor community is nourish, right? How are you feeling nourished? Are you, are you craving foods? Are you hungry? Are you feeling burnt out? Are you um, feeling like your willpower has got up and left you alone and stranded? And that's the, often that leptin resistance. And so changing things up, stepping back, nourishing ourselves, just taking a reset. You know, it's that time of year, especially as we're going to hit the, at the end of winter where we need that reset. So how do we create it where we're at? And I love the, um, the ancient um, saying that says everywhere you are, everywhere you go, sorry, everywhere you go, there you are. Everywhere you go, there you are. And I'm remembering this quote today as the season is busy and being pulled in many different directions. And to remember that everywhere you go, there you are. And being present and in the moment, being versus doing is really about, is what living a life well lived is about. So I thank you for being here. And remember the four pillars, nourish, nourish your body, embrace those you love, shine from the inside out and awaken your mind, body and ambition. I'm here to help. I love being your girlfriend, doctor. Thank you for being here today. Be sure to tell me how you like this episode and share these episodes with your friends. Your reviews on whether it's YouTube or it's Apple iTunes or uh, podcast addict, wherever you're listening, your reviews make a really big difference in, in our, in our lives and in the, in the lives of women that are now being exposed to these messages, this information outside of the box thinking. So appreciate your reviews or email me personally. You can email me through my team at dranna.com. So team at dranna.com. Thank you for being here. 